this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today last month the central government in an affidavit to the supreme court said that it cannot be held liable to pay compensation for debts caused by adverse reactions to the covid-19 vaccine The affidavit was filed in a case in response to a petition filed by the parents of two young women who allegedly died due to adverse reactions following their taking of the COVID-19 vaccine. The center also said that taking the vaccine was purely voluntary and that the government had made all relevant information about the vaccines freely available in the public domain. AstraZeneca's vaccine, or Covishield as it is known in India, which was the vaccine largely used in the country's immunization drive, is reported to be linked to a rare blood clotting condition known as TTS. The United Kingdom in fact offers alternative vaccines to healthy adults under the age of 40 in place of the AstraZeneca one. The center said that in India a total of 26 TTS cases were reported of which 14 recovered and 12 died. Other countries offer compensations to those who are injured following a vaccination during the COVID-19 vaccinations for instance. The World Health Organization introduced a no-fault compensation program as part of its Covax initiative. As of last month, India has administered nearly 220 crore doses of the COVID-19 vaccine since the vaccination drive began in January 2021. As per the center's affidavit, a total of 92,114 cases of adverse events following immunization have been reported in this period. which amounts to 0.0042% in terms of adverse events against the number of doses given of these 89332 have been minor cases while only 2782 cases or 0.00013% are serious and severe but how robust is india's system of reporting adverse events following immunization how easy or difficult is it for patients to report an adverse event and do most people even know how to do so how much communication was there with regard to possible effects of taking a vaccine and while vaccine injuries are rare and vaccines are necessary for public health initiatives what happens to families of those who fall sick or lose their lives following a vaccination should the government ultimately take responsibility to speak to us about this and more we have with us today dr gagandeep khang professor the welcome trust research laboratory Christian Medical College Bellur Good morning Dr Gagandeep Thang and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast Thank you for having me here Subeda Dr India has administered nearly 220 crore doses of the COVID-19 vaccine ever since the vaccination drive was first launched in January 2021 While we know that vaccine injuries or adverse events following vaccines are rare they do occur Could you give us an overview of the vaccine injuries related to the COVID-19 vaccines? So I think the first thing to understand is that no vaccine is 100% safe. No drug is 100% safe. But the difference between drugs and vaccines is that drugs are usually taken when you're ill and vaccines are taken when you're well. So the bar for safety for vaccines is much higher. So in general vaccines tend to be as you said very safe products but occasionally you do see rarely side effects 
Now, this is something that has been known for vaccines since vaccines first started to be made. And over time, many countries have considered what it means for someone who is vaccinated, who has an injury, and what they need to do about it. So in general, high-income countries have had the time to consider such issues for a longer period. And there are many countries around the world that have what are called vaccine injury compensation acts. And these are responsible for doing an assessment of whether a vaccine has actually injured a person or not, and then calculating how much compensation should be given to that person. This is not just for COVID-19 vaccines. It has existed for decades. And many countries do this on a routine basis. In fact, for vaccines, the bar is set lower than injury compensation for drugs because you want to make sure that when people participate in public health measures like getting populations vaccinated, then they also, in case of unintentional injury, have access to compensation. So, doctor, specifically with regard to the COVID-19 vaccines and mostly with, to do with the Covishield or the AstraZeneca's vaccine, what do we know about vaccine injuries in this regard? So, we know that for all of the adenovirus vectored vaccines designed for COVID-19, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and the AstraZeneca vaccine, there has been a greater incidence of clotting-related events. And this is a particular condition called thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. In general, it occurs in people who have antibodies to platelet factor four. So in, in a sense, this is an autoimmune condition that you wouldn't detect until there was a side effect because of vaccination. This is a very rare side effect. Initially, it was believed to be in the order of one in about 40,000 vaccinated people. Now it is considered to be somewhere around one in 100,000 vaccinated people. It does tend to occur more frequently in younger populations than in older populations which is why many countries have decided that they are not going to use these adenovirus vectored vaccines in their younger populations at all. So this is a known side effect. It can be very serious. It can result in death if it's not recognized, but there is a treatment for it. If you can recognize it and you can give intravenous immunoglobulin, you can bring down the mortality rate quite significantly. It's been estimated that in Australia, uh, this condition results in a 3% case fatality rate. In other parts of the world where the condition is not recognized and the right kind of treatment is not given, chances of mortality being many times that are very high. You spoke of recognizing uh, these effects, doctor. Could you explain to us the mechanism in India to report vaccine injuries or adverse effect events after immunization? 
We know that up until the COVID-19 pandemic, a vaccination drive was largely targeted towards children, but this changed when we had to vaccinate a large number of adults following the pandemic. What about what is our system and does it need to be strengthened? So the system that we have at the moment requires essentially the vaccinator to report the adverse event. What frequently happens is that usually if there is an adverse event following immunization, it occurs shortly after the vaccine has been given. So it can be anywhere from immediately to two or three weeks after vaccination. Adverse events that happen long after vaccination are unlikely to be related to the vaccine. So in AEFI reporting in India, there is a three-tiered structure. There is the district level, the state level, and the national level. At the district level, any recognized adverse events are supposed to be reported through what is called a first information report to the district immunization officer who then investigates the relationship between the adverse event and the vaccination. This might require collecting doses of the vaccine, sending them for analysis, as well as collecting more detailed history on what happened to whom, whether there was clustering of cases, etc. So this is then reported to the state and then the state reports to the center. At state and center level, there is a causality analysis, an assessment of the relationship between the event and the vaccine that was given. If causality is established, then that will be reported on the national AEFI website. So that it requires a fair amount of data and there can be a direct relationship to the vaccine product. It could be a relationship to the vaccination process. So for example, if somebody does not follow sterile techniques, you might get an injection abscess, or if there is contamination of the diluent or the vaccine. There may be situations, and this is what most frequently happens, that there isn't enough data to be able to establish the cause and effect relationship. So then those cases get called indeterminate. So this is a function that is part of the immunization program. And in fact, every country is assessed on the performance of its vaccine AEFI surveillance, particularly if it is a country that manufactures vaccines as India does. And WHO does this assessment. WHO previously had an indicator to show whether AEFI systems were functional or not. That indicator has recently been revised to focus only on serious adverse events. In India, in general, the problem has been a lack of reporting and when reported, a lack of data to be able to do causality assessment. We all know of many stories that have appeared in the media where what look like cases that are clearly likely to be vaccine injury for COVID-19 vaccines have not been reported or have not been defined as having a causal relationship. 
So there is considerable room for improvement, both for reporting, for being able to collect the right kinds of data at the right time, and then to be able to appropriately do a causality assessment. As per the central government's affidavit to the Supreme Court last month, Dr., India recorded a total of 92,114 adverse events following its COVID-19 vaccines, of which it said 2,782 were serious and severe. As you were just telling us, there seems to be a problem with the reporting itself. Does this sound like a very low number compared to the fact that we have administered almost 220 crore doses? Well, if you look at about 2,000 plus serious or severe adverse events in about 220 crores being given out, it is a very low number because you have a number of coincidental events that would also have happened in that time frame following vaccination. And those should have been recorded in any AEFI monitoring system. So it would be nice to be able to look at what these conditions are and how much over background these conditions are. So without having a background rate, so for example, if somebody has a heart attack, do you think that is related to vaccination or not? For that, you need to be able to have an age-specific rate of heart attacks in the general population in the absence of vaccines. And then say following vaccination in the window, you know, two or three weeks after vaccines, there is an increase in the number of heart attacks. Without having background rates, it's very difficult to be able to say that there is an association with vaccine or not. But taking background rates into account, 2,000 serious or severe adverse events for the number of vaccine doses given is low. Do we not have a robust reporting mechanism in place, Doctor? You said it's a three-tiered system, district, state, and center. So at at the first instance, is it the patient's responsibility to report an adverse event? Is that how it works? So for the COVID app, it was set up to have a reporting mechanism for adverse events. And we were given numbers to call in case of an adverse event. A lot of people have said that when they called those numbers, they were unable to get anyone on the line to be able to record what they thought was an adverse event. So though the systems were established, their functionality was something that uh, needed to be looked into more carefully. I think in terms of reporting adverse events, particularly in adults, one of the things that we do have to think about is that when you see a condition, you give vaccination at one site. And then if you have an adverse event, will you go back to that site for care? If it if your vaccination was given in a hospital, possibly you would go back to that hospital to access care. But in general, what tends to happen is vaccine is given in one place and the adverse event is managed in another place. Generally, if it's a serious adverse event in a hospital. 
that hospital is unlikely to be able to put two and two together and say what I am seeing is an adverse event following vaccination. So unless there is an effort to ensure that there is reporting at a high level, you're not going to be able to get information from hospitals on the adverse events that they encounter. Doctor, speaking about compensation, you mentioned this earlier. The central government in its affidavit has said that it cannot be held liable to pay compensation for deaths caused by adverse reactions to COVID vaccines. It said that taking the vaccine was purely voluntary and the government had made all the relevant information about vaccines freely available in the public domain. Is this a fair assertion? I think I'm not sure. I was told when I got my vaccine that the vaccine had a risk of adverse events. And I got vaccinated at my own hospital. They did take consent and that is appropriate because uh, the vaccines were under emergency use authorization. So you did have to sign a consent form. You did have to say that you would report if there were side effects of the vaccine. But what those side effects was, I don't think, information that was provided. Um, So if that is what happens in our hospital, which ran an excellent immunization program, I'm not sure what it was like in other places. I can't imagine that it was better. Uh, So telling people that there is an adverse event or likelihood of an adverse event is important so that the events can be recognized early and can then be managed appropriately. But in terms of compensation, when people have side effects because of vaccination, well, this is something that needs to be considered separately for vaccines that are in the routine immunization program and for vaccines that are given under emergency use authorization. In the routine immunization program, I guess you could say that in the private sector, you have a choice whether to vaccinate or not. And in the public sector, information will be provided about side effects. But the fact that you are given a vaccine and it induces an injury for what is essentially a public health program, I think the question of liability has to be taken very seriously. So in countries like the US, the UK, Australia, Scandinavia, lots of countries, there is what is called a Vaccine Injury Compensation Act. This was established in the 1980s in the US. And in the US and in Taiwan, it is something that is funded by a tax on vaccines. So if I recall correctly, some time ago, about 75 cents was uh, the charge on every vaccine dose that was given in the US. And this went into a fund where in case there was an injury because of vaccination, compensation could be calculated and paid. And this is done very regularly. In other countries like Scandinavia and the UK, the money actually 
for compensation comes from the government, not from taxes on the vaccines. Now, that is for routine immunization. Then when you have vaccines that are given under the equivalent of emergency use authorization, essentially you are treating this as this is a product that has not been fully characterized and you are asking people to take it. You may be able to say that everyone provides individual informed consent. Nobody is being coerced into taking the vaccine. But I don't think that that is something that has been assessed very carefully. Was there absolutely no coercion in the two crore plus doses that were given in India? I don't think that that is the case. I think in India and in other countries, we do need to think about injury compensation. You know, we can talk about COVID, but what about polio? Giving oral polio vaccine results in some children being paralyzed every year because they got vaccinated for polio. Now, you could argue that polio is a disease that the country has not taken, has not seen since 2011. So what is the need to continue to vaccinate children against polio, given that you know that you're going to have cases of uh, actual poliomyelitis because you are continuing the vaccination program? So who provides compensation for that? It is a government-run program. And therefore, I think we should be thinking about what the mechanisms are in order that people who are harmed by vaccines are not, you know, all the burden does not rest on them alone. I think the government should work with industry to figure out a compensation mechanism that is appropriate. India is one of the few countries that has an actual calculation of compensation in a clinical trial. And you could say that if you're using a vaccine under emergency use authorization, essentially what you're doing is a clinical trial. And uh, since the government is the provider of the vaccine, I don't think the government can say that all of the liability rests on the companies alone. But speaking of that, should the companies also be held responsible ultimately the resp should the responsibility be divided between the two or should it be as is the case in other countries you explained to us just a government responsibility since this is a public health program so i think it should be divided between the two i like the idea of a no faults compensation and essentially that's what you get when you tax the vaccines but put the money aside in order to support people who have been harmed by vaccination. So the government can administer, but the payment for the additional, for the injury that is done comes from an additional tax on the vaccines. This will drive up the cost of vaccines, but I think that is worth doing. Doctor, going back uh, to something you said earlier, you said that um, many countries had uh, seen with AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, that it had this blood clotting side effect and so had decided to not vaccinate a younger population with it. 
Uh, is that something India should have considered when we were doing our program as well? I think it's a question, you know, not all adverse events in a population occur at exactly the same rate. So I work on uh, rotavirus vaccines and rotavirus has a very serious side effect called intersusception that happens in the first week, usually after the first dose of the vaccine. It is rare, but it's most common in Australia, one in about 16 to 20,000 vaccinated children, much less common in the US, where it's one in about 80,000 vaccinated children. And we can't find a risk in India, at least in the studies we've done so far. So not all adverse events are going to occur at the same rate in every population. So what you really need to do for any vaccine is to do a benefit-risk assessment. How much disease will I alleviate and what is the risk that I carry if I do continue to vaccinate people with this vaccine. So I think given that India had access to no other vaccines other than Covaxin, which in any case had a shortage of supply, I'm not sure how much of a choice the government had. But in the future, when we think about booster doses or we think about other immunization programs, I think this background rate of potential adverse events should be taken into account. Doctor, you said many countries have a system of uh, reporting and of classifying adverse events. What, what more can India do in terms of its surveillance of these vaccine injuries and in terms of strengthening its own system? I think an electronic reporting system is important so that there is a mechanism to report. But the most important thing is really education, to be upfront about the potential risks of vaccination and make sure that you have accurate measurements. Why do we do pharmacovigilance? We do pharmacovigilance basically to measure side effects and then be sure that we can respond as quickly and appropriately as possible to those side effects. And if we don't educate people, we are not going to be able to measure the problem. And finally, doctor, does there need to be a communication loop in which the patient or the patient's family, in case the person has passed away, also needs to be included? Absolutely. No question. You know, this is ultimately about, you know, any AEFI is a tragedy. You're trying to do good and you do harm. So I think Respecting the people who have been injured, making sure that their pain, disability, and grief are acknowledged is really, really important. Of course, there should be a feedback mechanism. We should be thinking about how best we can support people who have been potentially injured by vaccines. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Dr. Kang. You're welcome, Zabeda. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. 
In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.